Hello, and welcome to Skywire's Digging Deep. This podcast is all about amplifying voices that are not often heard and about self-improvement and growth, especially during these challenging times. I'm your host, Daniel Andrade. In order to keep everyone safe and healthy, we are recording this interview a little differently than our other podcast. Instead of being in the same room with my guest, we're practicing social distancing and recording this interview online. We apologize for how this method affects the sound quality, but also wanted to make sure we could provide you with a show while also keeping everyone safe. With that in mind, let's get started. Uh, My guest for this episode is Christian. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and let him introduce himself. So, Christian, go ahead and uh, tell us who you are. Hi, everyone listening. Everyone, my name is Christian Cerezo, and um, I'm pretty much from San Diego. And in my line of work, I've worked a lot in restaurants and in the hospitality retail industries. And um, I think something you should know about me is that I, for a long time, did not really have my health as a important, the most important thing in my life or as a high priority. But recently in my life, something big happened. So now my health is one of my main priorities now. (laughs) That's great. Uh, Thank you for that. So the first question that I wanted to ask was... How has this pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic, affected your, your daily life? Um, I, I, if I'm uh, not mistaken, uh, you're currently not working. So how has it affected um, kind of your routine, your, your hobbies, your, your daily life? Right. Well, I guess I'm in a little bit of unique situation because just right before the pandemic started to affect the whole world. I actually moved in with my mom to live with her because of my health scare that I had. And um, that's not something I was used to. I was used to living on my own in San Diego and I had my own routine. So I would say that COVID definitely did affect me still because I I moved away about a half an hour, uh, sorry, an hour and a half away from my friends, my family, my life in San Diego. So I was planning on as much as possible being able to drive down to San Diego and visit people, still have my social life, still hang out. But COVID-19 definitely put a wrench in that, as it probably has for many people. And I want to say that in my daily routine specifically, it affected me because you know, I would love to go to the store before, love to go to the lake, or just hang out with friends. But I have definitely, especially since March, just been in the house most of the time. You know, I joke with myself that I'm, my hanging out outside, getting the sun is when I get the mail or <laughs> take out the trash. So in my daily routine, it has affected me in that way where I'm not as social, sociable in person because you can't really be, you know, I want to do my part in making sure others are safe, so. <laughs> yeah, 
it's funny you say that. Yeah, I mean, that's... <laughs> Uh, I think there was, for a time, there were some of those memes that were going around. It's like, where are you going on vacation today? Like, are you going to, like, aisle of, of kitchen? Or, like, uh, <laughs> like they had all these fancy names for, like, the bedroom and uh, the the office or whatever it was. Like, just because that's, that's, that's the most that we could do. That's the best traveling that we can get. Um, so, yeah, we've, we've had to adjust in that sort of way, too. That's That's definitely true. Um, how about, how has this pandemic affected your view of, of the country and of the world at large? It just showed me how at this moment, you know, I feel like, and I'm not saying I'm an expert or anything like that, political issues or whatever, but in my viewpoint that the United States, sometimes we can talk a big game, but when it comes to the actions, it's a different story. I feel that maybe we thought we were prepared for a pandemic or maybe we were just in that mindset, especially in the government, we're in that mindset, oh, no big pandemic can ever happen. So we can cut the funding. We can uh, let go of these experts. We don't need to put as much emphasis on that. And so when the pandemic came, it really showed our weakness. I feel like the whole world sees our weaknesses as a country. We put them all on display because of steps that were taken before the pandemic happened. So that's one way I view America where sometimes I feel like we talk the bigger game than our actions say, especially in the government. Um, but also in the world view, you know, it is crazy how you know, as of this today, this filming, I feel like a lot of countries are doing better with COVID. The cases are going down, deaths are going down, the rates are going down. Like a great example is New Zealand, basically has zero cases now. So they can go back to school. They they truly can go back to normal. And um, I know that's what we wanted in America, but I think the main difference is that in America, we were not willing to take the steps necessary to get there. We just wanted it. We're like, okay, we want to open this. We want to open the restaurants. We need businesses to make money. So we're going to make that happen. But at the same time, fingers crossed, the cases will somehow go down. So in my worldview, I see that other world leaders took steps and have been taking steps and really care about their country i don't want to be too partisan but people who know me probably already know this about me but i'm very um, critical about our current administration and i feel like you know people can say oh you're bad mouthing this and that but i don't have to bad mouth him because his actions the actions of the trump family speak for themselves so i will say it like that and i'll keep it at that <laughs> Yes. <laughs> what more can you say? What more do you need to say? <laughs> um, so um, my next question for you was, how have the social issues that have been raised through the pandemic affected you? You know, we've seen this, um, this rise in the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, you know, it just so happened to coincide with pride this year. And there was kind of a unity there. Um, 
Uh, I was talking with my last guest about how there's a lot of things that have come into the limelight recently. Um, it can be a little overwhelming. So, but let's just start in general with how have these social issues impacted you? I want to say in general, for the better, because you know, like well, the nice analogy is that when you clean your house, if you just sweep things under the rug. You're not really cleaning the house. You're just moving the dirt somewhere else. Or you're not really doing a deep cleaning, right? You're not really improving the status of the cleanliness of your house. You're just moving the dirt. So I feel that with, like, especially Black Lives Matter, you know, the way that this country has treated Black people and people of color in general has just been swept under the rug. Oh, there are problems. Yes, we can admit a little bit, but let's just talk about something else. Let's not talk about it. But I'm glad that during these times, even though it had to, the wake-up call was so tragic with the death of George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor and so many others, it sucks that they had to die for this to even become mainstream news or to be in the minds of everyday people. So, I know I'm rambling, I apologize, but I want to say that for the better, I mean, um, these are things that do need to be in our minds because, you know, these are our brothers and sisters, our fellow humans. So, if something is not right, even if we're one person, we're not, you're not a part of government, you're not a leader, so to speak, you're just yourself, you can still do your part. I mean, you know, um, I am a Filipino-American, and if, you know, if there was a problem in the U.S. with, you know, the, hypothetically, if, like, Filipinos were dying at triple the rate of other Americans, I would hope that people would care enough to be like, you know what, let's help the Filipino community, let's help them, what's going on, what's the route, how can we help, and I... I'm not a black person myself, but I don't think that means I should care less. I think that means I have to care. I should care because they are my brothers and sisters, fellow humans on this earth. And one thing I do love that I always hear is that no justice, no peace. I feel like a lot of people want peace, but they kind of want it where, oh yeah, this bad thing is happening or these injustices unjust things are happening but just be peaceful react peacefully and we'll be at peace but that's a fake peace because there will still be people oppressed and so that i don't think you can really have true peace with that so um what i'm trying to say is that yeah this for the better i feel like these are hard things tough things that are tough to swallow but you know sometimes you do get sad about it you get depressed but you will see that there's good. We are making small changes forward for the better. And not everything is negative, but things that are negative can be turned positive if we want and if we work for it, you know? So <laughs> that's basically how it's affected me and how I feel about it. <laughs> uh, thank you for sharing that. That's That's great. I appreciate your feedback and your thoughts. I really like when you were saying how you know, people want to return to this sense of peace, this sense of normalcy, but a lot of the people that are 
asking for this don't want to do the work that is required, that is um, needed to get to that point. Uh, and also, like, was that normalcy uh, working? Like, if all of these systems were in place and they were happening, um, and maybe just before then we had other things that we could, um, we could say or do to kind of ignore it, so do we really want to return to this normalcy or do we want to build something better, create something better now that we know better, right? If you know better, you can do better, which I think is something that has been kind of popping up a lot more recently. So I'm glad that you kind of brought that point up. Um, one thing that, that I've been wanting to ask, that I want to ask all of my guests in this show is, like I said, there's, there's a lot of issues that are going on that are being raised right now. So, um, and we're only human. We can only do so much. We can only advocate for so much uh, without getting overwhelmed and overstressed ourselves, which is also like something that that comes from a point of privilege to be able to say that you're tired or that you're exhausted. So I recognize that. But uh, I guess what I'm trying to ask is like of all the things that are going on right now, um, what is like the one thing that you're trying to focus on the most that you're trying to advocate for the most? Yeah, that is a really good question. And I don't know specifically maybe a very specific answer, but what I can say is that, you know, I know I'm only one person. I only can do so much. So I think what I've been trying to do is, you know, especially when I see educational things on Facebook, I try to share them. And I think what I'm trying to say is that, um, you know, coming from a person who grew up with Filipino roots, Filipino heritage in the United States, um, I've seen how my fellow Filipinos can react to black people or can react to racism. And I know that's a whole other topic because there's so much history in that, but I'm trying to educate and make sure that I do my part in showing people, well, hey, look, um, this attitude that we have, that we grew up with, that we learned, we need to unlearn it. It's not right. So um, while I am, you know, I, in general, I'm definitely for Black Lives Matter and I'm trying to share it and trying to get people to see that. And also with, um, you know, the plight of women, especially in the military, recently with Vanessa Guijen. And then the, I just recently learned about the plight of women in Turkey with um, Black and White Photo Challenge that, and the news articles I read about that. So, I mean, I'm, I admit I'm one of those that's a little bit of everything. Like, I find out about it and I'm going to help in the little bit, of, little bit of way I can. But I can say that I have been trying to just be a good Filipino-American and trying to show my other Filipino-Americans, you know, that we might have some biases and some things that we need to unlearn, things that we need to change in our way of thinking. I, I think that's really important for you to bring up. I think, um, and and I mean, before I get onto the point that I wanted to say, um, I had said this in the last episode, so hopefully it's not getting too repetitive to hear this over and over, but I think it's important to just remind people that um, when you advocate for other things, it doesn't necessarily mean that you don't care about the other issues. Um, you, can, you can be an advocate uh, without... 
you know, posting something every single day or saying something every single day. Um, like I said, there's only so much you can do. So, um, and so when I ask that question, it's not to kind of devalue the other things that are going on. It's more to kind of just see um, what you're focusing on because sometimes there are things, there are issues that we want to talk about that because there's so much going on, they may not get uh, the same attention. So to kind of go back to what I was originally going to say is that um, what you're talking about in the Filipino community happens in the Mexican community as well, in the Latino community, the Latinx community uh, as well. That, that sense of, I think it's called colorism, where like um, even within like brown people, there are some that are browner than others. There are some that are lighter than others. And like, for example, if you watch some of the novelas uh, on, on Mexican TV, on, on Univision and Telemundo, you'll notice that a lot of the stars of these novelas are lighter skinned, right? So, and I think that's something that, again, kind of reinforces, even if it's subliminal, that like light-skinned babies, light-skinned Mexican babies are to be praised or to be um, pushed to the spotlight more so than the darker-skinned babies. And even like, I think um, for Roma, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that um, that lead actress uh, made a lot of history because she was one of the first like indigenous uh, Mexican women to receive this praise. And at the same time, like people, certain people were saying that she didn't represent Mexico or that she didn't represent Mexicans just because she looked a little different than, like I said, the ones that are maybe seen on TV more. So I think that is really important uh, to bring that up. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that you have been talking about that issue. Um, and, you know, kind of speaking about uh, your own little communities, like how has, how have these social issues, issues impacted your relationship with like your family and your friends and even like your little neighborhood, your community? Yeah, well, um, let's see. Well, I admit that I live in a household where it is very pro-Trump, very uh, Republican. So we disagree on a lot. So I admit that to keep the peace, I try not to bring political things up. Um, I mean, even when it comes to police funding and those kind of things, we just do not see eye to eye. So in the house, you know, it's like that. Oh yes, the neighborhood. So that I'm not sure because I admit I, you know, I've been staying in inside the house a lot and one thing I do want to say is that you know especially since the pandemic started there have been a lot escalated rates of violence toward people who look Asian Asian people in the US and so um, that kind of scared me to even go walk outside because where I live in Hemet, California it's there are barely any Asians and the levels of education differ are very varied so just the, by the way I look it just had me second-guessing should I be walking outside you know maybe I just need to do my exercises in the house you know but you know one thing I will say that I am grateful for are my friends you know your chosen family um, you know and I will say that not all as friends, we're not all going to think exactly alike, right? 
but it is comforting to know that I have friends out there, really good friends that love me, support me. Um, first of all, through you know the issues, like that we can see eye to eye on the issues and feel comforted that there are people like us that you know we stand together on a lot of issues and we have similar views. But also in the fact that you know this is like. I know we've talked about this before, but this is a time like no other, an epic, epic time. And um, so we need each other more than ever. And um, yeah, earlier in the podcast, I was saying, yeah, I can't drive to San Diego. I cannot physically see my friends. But one great thing is that I've been seeing y'all a lot, um, you know, with the scheduled Zoom meetings or doing trivia every week so i was like wow we've been hanging out a lot even though i can't physically hug you like i want to or things like that but we've been seeing each other quite a bit even though it's through our ipads through our technology etc so i mean that has been positive i feel like um this pandemic has also made me be more proactive where I'm not waiting for people to call me or send me a message. Where out of the blue, I'll, if there's someone I haven't talked to in a month, messaged in a month, interacted with in a month or two months, I'll just message them, hey, I hope you're well, how are you doing? What's going on in your life? And, you know, that is fulfilling for me. Sometimes people are too busy to respond or for whatever reason they don't want to respond, but it's fulfilling for me because I know that I want to get to know them. I want to spend the time. So, you know, I mean, you know, not everything. So I know that things can seem a lot negative, but there's nothing wrong with seeing the positives too. And I see that there's so much negative because rest in peace to everyone who is affected and who's died from COVID. But this pandemic has brought people closer together too, I think. Um, as divisive as the country is, I think it's brought people closer in that you're closer to your family or people that you truly love, your true friends, because we need them more now than ever. <laughs> this interview will continue in the next episode.